episode number 79 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. Russ Cohen, you can find him on uh, Twitter at Sportsology, sportsology.com. And our guest, Joe Yurden, we'll get to his particulars in a moment. But first, as we always do, Russ, do you have a number 79? I don't know. It feels like a Mila Mahalik or something, but I really don't know. Come on, man. There's been so much made about this certain goalie's number. Oh, you mean, so you're, wait, you're going to go Carter Hart? Was that his original number? That's the number he wears now. Oh, that is the number he wears now. Yeah. That's true. Remember, because the kid his picked original the, number. Yeah, his kid picked the jersey number that's when he right. was w- with Everett, so he kept it, and mm-hmm. and uh, that's the number he has now. Joe, we go through this exercise every episode, and Russ It's literally not a focus right. in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and our uh, guest on this episode uh, from The Athletic, he hails in the Buffalo area. Joe Yurden joins us, and you can follow him on Twitter at J-O-E-Y-E-R-D-O-N. How you doing, Joe? Doing great, doing great. It's beautiful and sunny in Buffalo, which is uh, a rarity. So I'll I'll take it. <laughs> that must mean the coronavirus is ending because it's sunny in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a sign of the apocalypse. So I don't know if that means it's going to rage on further. So it's, I mean, uh, there's never been a TV series that's always sunny in Buffalo. That's for sure. <laughs> but you know what? It would make a nice spinoff. Uh, except everybody would be somehow somehow more grumpy and probably more crazy. So it's. Yeah. Uh, so it's fine. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's never sunny in Buffalo. So it's, it's great. Tim Saunders, the radio play-by-play voice for the Flyers always says, if you, if the doctor gives you a week to live, move to Buffalo, it'll seem like an eternity. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Just make sure it's in January. That's the, that's the only thing. If you do it in June, it'll fly by and you'll be really upset. Yeah. 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 You'll be gone before you know it. Um, but guys, there's so much to get into uh, on this episode because we're starting to gain something we've all been looking for, not only in life, but with this, uh, the pause, the pandemic and everything else. But we're starting to seemingly, at least, gain a little bit of clarity. Uh, and the 2014 playoff field say, seems like it's something that's going to happen, um, pending, obviously, the pandemic. Um, there's a lot of variables to this. Um, we're seeing some good reporting from Elliot Friedman and Chris Johnson from Sportsnet. Uh, in regards to uh, the the 2014 playoff field. First, Joe, let me start with you because um, your initial thoughts on a 2014 playoff field, there's been some resistance around the league and uh, from some fan bases, obviously, and you're in Buffalo. So what's your thought on the 2014 playoff field? I, you know, I, I, I like 24 because it's it gets more teams involved, uh, first off. And, you know, I think the key for restarting everything was to – you know, if you're not going to finish the regular season, which, I mean, that's that's really hard to do with so few games left. I mean, I think a lot of teams had 12, 13 games to go. So if you're trying to squeeze that in and you're trying to get a, a regular playoff out of it, I mean, you're talking about extending that through September maybe, you know, depending on when the restart is. So, But I think 24 is good. Uh, I know some people are quibbling about, you know, the cutoff points. And, you know, if you're saying if you're cutting it off there, then, you know, you're, you know, why not? get this team involved when I get that team involved. And I mean, if you're, if you're doing 24 out of 31 teams, I mean, you can't really argue too much if you're team 25, 26, which Buffalo is, I mean, you know, just, you know, if you had won more games during the regular season, you'd, you'd be in the hunt. But, um, but at this point, I mean, it 24 is really solid. And I mean, those teams at the bottom, ideally, you know, the, the Montreal's, the Chicago's, all them, Ideally, they get bumped off quickly, and you don't really have a reason to argue. But, um, but you know, 24 is good because it gets most everybody involved, and, uh, you know, you, you get something a little extra out of it. 
that was my whole thing with, with this whole plan. If you're going to restart, do something different with it and kind of try to try to have as much fun with it as you can, because it's going to be a once, once and maybe forever opportunity to do it. So just, just go crazy with it, enjoy it. And, and let's see what shakes loose with it. I, that, 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 that was my biggest thing out of it. Make it entertaining. Hey, Russ, you know, though, and like he said, like, ideally, you know, none of those teams that were in the top 16, at least points percentage wise would move on, but it's the NHL and it's less than ideal and weird runs can happen, especially after this pandemic. We, know, we have no idea how it's going to affect any of these teams. Um, one, of the, one of these teams as a play-in situation could absolutely bump out an important team. Yeah, there's no question. I, I think what the part that we all want to quibble about, or at least me, I'm going to lump everybody else in, is a team like Montreal. They clearly were setting themselves up for draft success, and now all of a sudden they might be in the playoffs, right? So now they're going to end up picking in a worse situation than they were probably hoping for. Chicago trades off Robin Leonard. Maybe they traded the cup to Vegas because now they have the best goalie tandem, but they didn't know they were going to be in the playoffs. They wouldn't have used Corey Crawford as their number one goalie in the playoffs had they known they would make the playoffs, right? And so – that's the odd part of this was the moves that some of those teams made that are now playoff teams, but knew they weren't going to make the playoffs. So they were making the necessary moves to cover themselves for the future, for future success. So when we get past that, I think ultimately what Joe is saying is right. Um, but again, I kind of quibble with Larry Brooks's idea that while well, you're worried about Carey Price, I just pointed out on another show, Carey Price does not have a great playoff record. I mean, he had, he had one great playoff run the last run, but his playoff winning um, save percentage isn't great. He's an under 500 goalie in the playoffs, and it's not all Carey Price's fault. Obviously, his team bears some of that too, but it's not like teams are going to be that worried about Montreal because, yes, could Carey Price get hot? Sure. But they don't have great defense. They don't even have two good lines. Like, they were bad for a reason. They lost to Detroit four times last year, like this year, whatever yeah, year we're that's in. That's hard to do. Know, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what year we're in, but, but they lost to him four times, right? And so, yeah, there's always going to be teams that get annoyed. I think now me, as a draft guy, I want to see if these teams are now making the playoffs, what is changing in, in the draft part? Because we definitely don't want, we don't want a, dra a team that could pick, I don't know, top three or four winning the Stanley Cup, right? We don't want that. So I, I want to see what the cutoffs are going to be. I know they can't move up more than four slots. But still, we're only talking about seven teams. So, you know, you could have that eighth team that's in the playoffs conceivably picking in the top ten and winning the Stanley Cup, right? I mean, I'm not a great math. I'm not a great mathematician, but that seems possible. I forget who wrote the article the other day, but they, they said that the Canadians are at a disservice by making the playoffs and not being you know, would it be better off for that franchise for their long term to not be in the playoffs and yes. be in the lottery? And have a small chance, I guess? I mean, look, yeah, look, maybe they don't get one or two no matter what, right? Yeah. But if it's a matter of going, let's say they get bounced in the first round, and I don't know, where are they going to go? 11, 12, something like that. Or if they can go five or six, you want five or six in this draft. You can get a real significant player. You know, you're still going to get a good player going 11 or 12, but now you definitely have decreased your chances for future success and you probably are getting bounced in the first round anyhow. What I, what I was, my big thing is, is if you're a team that is going to make the playoffs, the offset for not having future success is playoff revenue. Like if you're saying, okay, this is a normal year, 
the Canadians are in the playoffs and they can collect playoff revenue, which they haven't done in a little while, they would take that because it's playoff revenue. That's great. Now you're telling them you're in the playoffs, there's no playoff revenue, and as a result, you're going to be drafting lower than you would be. Yeah, you know, it's funny, and Joe, because Chuck Fletcher was on um, with Jeff Marrick on Hockey Central uh, about two weeks ago, and he actually cited that. He said, you know, if, if we go with a 2014 field or we do the draft in June, you know, the draft in June is, or the draft whenever it is normally, is it not a time to reset your roster uh, with the known of A, where we're drafting, B, um, what the cap is. We don't know any of those things just yet. And it seems like it's gotten a little quiet on the, the draft front. But the other part of it is, hey, we finished with this record. We'd be drafting 25th or 26th overall at that point in every round. But we didn't get any of the benefits of playoff revenue. We didn't right. get any of the benefit. You know, you didn't get all the benefits that come with you drafting late. Right. Buffalo, though, are Joe, are, are they – looking are they would they love a draft in june because of the scenarios that i just laid out well i think they would i, I think a draft in june for them is is fine just because they don't you know they're not going to get into that playoff pool unless they expand it to you know my wacky 30 team idea which is never going to happen but everyone um, but detroit <laughs> yeah yeah just you know detroit's got their best chance at getting getting the first pick and then hey everybody into the pool but um but i think for in buffalo's case i mean you know it, they don't get those final five, six home games of, of revenue. So that there's, they're skunk there. So whether they were going to the, you know, whether they're going to be a playoff term or not, it doesn't matter because they, you know, they're, they're out money regardless. Uh, but I mean, when it comes to the draft, I mean, you, you know, if they do the, the old style lottery where they can only move up four picks, cool. They can move up to third or they're picking seventh or eighth, you know? So as far as they're concerned, they're everything's kind of hands off for them, but, I think if you go to a 24-team playoff, you know, people are worried about the lottery for the top, you know, the top 14, 15. Well, forget that. Do the, do the seven teams that are out. There's your lottery. And then right. put everybody into the boat. Say, all right, everybody's got a shot at, at number one. And, you know, I, I think Detroit would probably be really upset about that. But, they would. you know, it, but if you're Ottawa, hey, cool. You've got, you've got two opportunities out of seven, you know, right. ideally to get that number one pick. So, um, but I mean, as, you know, as far as Buffalo's concerned, I mean, just, Hey, just make the lottery, the top seven and go from there because if you're putting 24 into the boat for the playoff or, you know, however they want to word it, you know, if it's like a, a handful of play in rounds to get to 16, fine, whatever. But, but if you're going to do a draft, I mean, there's so many, they got to get this playoff thing figured out first before they can get all the other ducks in a row between draft and, you know, cap for next year. There's so right. many other things that have to get figured out. Right. So let's, I want to throw this out there since they haven't decided on how to do the draft lottery. And as Joe pointed out, this is an unusual year. So this is my, my thing. You get the GMs in studio, you set up a, a big dartboard and you have all the top seven picks be on the dartboard in like water balloons and you throw the dart at it. And when the water balloon bursts, Gary Bettman goes over there or, or whoever you want to go over there and he looked at it, you know, Daly goes over there and looks at it and says, okay, you know, Chicago Blackhawks, this is your pick. And it's based on the GM's, you know, propensity for darts. They're all probably good at it. They probably all played it. You know, you look at Botterill, he's, you know, he's an Ivy League guy. He probably is good at darts. So you want to turn this into a boardwalk game? Why not? Why don't we get just Bozo the Clown to read the things? <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, think about let's get it. Ring toss. Let's let's go crazy. Yeah, get get, get, yeah, get the mean, best carnival barkers involved. If you've got a GM with the worst vision, then yeah, you, you're not going to get a great pick. But you know what? 
like I just, I gave a scenario where Buffalo can maybe get a better pick than they would normally get. Is the guy that's uh, handling it, is he going to be back there with that microphone and, and heckling me while I do it too? You can't pop that balloon. You that stink. That would be great. How much, how many viewers, how many viewers do you think this draft lottery would have if they announced that that was going to be the format? If a they lot. do that, I'm going to get so much crap that the NHL is a donkey league on Twitter that it's not worth it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're not going to get that now when they go back to the old joke, 75% of the teams or 80% of the teams make the playoffs, right? Well, here's my thing. If, if you're yeah. going to do darts, you got to get the guy from England who does the, uh, who does the, the, the dart announcements for the, yes. for the championships. You got to get them screaming out, you know, yeah. Buffalo Sabres picking three. You know, yeah, yeah. you got to go all out with it. Yeah, because I think they all throw the darts at the same time, too. <laughs> Perfect. That's not going to be able to be done, Russ. There's not enough social distancing there. Yes, there is. There's only seven guys. <laughs> okay, so fake, Jason. Seven on. times six, 42 feet. They're all going to throw at the same board? <laughs> Nobody's no, going to hit anything. You can have them in a semicircle. We'll figure this out, Jason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My quick math tells me Maybe you have two rounds. Maybe two rounds of it. Okay. All right. Well, I don't think the NHL is going to take your uh, your suggestion, but I, hey, creativity. Forever. You didn't land Carter Hart, but you landed a very bizarre suggestion on how to determine the draft order. Um, real quick, because you know, in case people don't know exactly what the proposition is, and what the proposition is with the twenty four team field is the top four seeds in each conference. Now, in the East, um, the top four right now and will remain are Boston, Tampa the Capitals, and the Flyers. Top four in the West is St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. And they would receive buys through the play-in round, but they would participate in a three-game tournament to get some action. Um, the one thing we don't know about that tournament, so I guess they would so they would face the teams in their conference. The Flyers would play against Washington one game, Tampa one game, and Boston one game. And what we don't know yet is if that determines the top four seeding in the bracket when it's all said and done while the other teams are going to play a best of five play in round. And those teams that'll play the best in five playoff round are as follows in the West Edmonton will take on Chicago. The winner will play the four seed Nashville will take on Arizona. That winner will play the three seed Vancouver will take on Minnesota. They'll play the two seed and Calgary will take on Winnipeg and that'll play the one seed. Again, I, I'm assuming that, the three games is going to determine that seeding in some way, shape, or form. And then in the East, and, and let's really look at this because Pittsburgh is going to get Montreal in a, in a five-game um, play-in round. Is Pittsburgh in peril against Montreal in five no. games? In three games, I would have said yes. No, in five, roll. I don't think so. They'll, no, they'll roll them. It'll, it'll be 4-1. Pittsburgh, a healthy Pittsburgh will roll them. Their defense is better than people think this year. They – Unless Price is shutting him out every game, which he won't, Pittsburgh will win that series easy. I okay. Um, yeah. how, how about Carolina versus the Rangers? Hang on, Joe wants to – Oh, go ahead, Joe. Sorry. Forgive me for jumping in. I, I, I've seen enough of, of Montreal this year. I mean, not, not enough against Buffalo to, to really judge, you know, where, where they sit in that pile. But I'm, I, I, unless Price goes supernova, and I mean, it's always possible. There's no way Pittsburgh – loses to them because they're, right. they're too good they're too good and it doesn't matter if it's jari or if it's murray starting right it's fine. Like pittsburgh yeah. just they they steamroll them yeah, yeah. probably better off with uh jari at this point maybe even over murray um it, it, if we're looking for upsets here because carolina is going to take on the rangers and the rangers you know we thought at the deadline that maybe they'd be in a bit of a sell mode and they ended up signing chris Kreider. 
um, to that contract. Boy, he's happy he got that deal done before oh, yeah. uh, an offseason of uncertainty as a UFA. Um, to me, this is a ripe one. This is the Rangers could take out Carolina. I could see that. Sturkin back and everybody healthy. I could see the Rangers being one of the play-in teams that actually does advance to the field of 16. Yeah, I, I, I would say this is not ideal for Carolina simply because Rangers have nothing to lose. They've got a young goalie who's really not a young goalie. So he is playoff experienced in another league. So he has and one. some right and one. And so he has experience. You you have a at least a reasonable defense. Carolina's defense is much better, but Carolina can't score. And so unless Carolina's getting locked down goaltending, which they haven't been doing this year, even though they're winning games, I could see this series, you know, going the distance and I could see them losing. Is it David Ayers? Is he their third goalie? In Carolina, because they're going to expand these rosters. You're going to need a third. He may get a start over uh, no, Ned, Razak Ned, or Reimer. Ned Yelkovic will be the third. <laughs> yes, I know. But um, so, so that, Joe, Joe, you believe that's one, that's an upset that can happen, certainly, right? Yeah. I, the one thing that would give me pause is that the way the Rangers uh, tend to play uh, means the games are a little bit more open, which I think gives Carolina a shot to really kind of blow their doors off. If, you know, if Shesterkin doesn't hold it down. Uh, if you let Ajo and Teravina and those guys run wild, I, I would not want to deal with that because those guys can really take over. We saw it last year in the playoffs with them where they can just jump in and really give teams fits. So, uh, the way, you know, with that Rangers style, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would – I don't know if Carolina is the right matchup for them. I think if you got – and granted, it would be like a rivalry situation, but if you had like a Rangers-Islanders situation, oh, yeah, I mean, that – I mean, everybody would be – you know, salivating for something like that to happen. But I think that's a matchup that, that lends more to the, to the Rangers being able to, to be more dangerous than that one. Now, you know, Carolina can be a little wonky, but I don't, I don't like, I don't like a Rangers Carolina matchup for the Rangers benefit because I think it gives Carolina a little bit more gas. I mean, I get what you're saying. I'll tell you the one ace in the hole that could be for them, Joe, is I wouldn't use Georgiev as my number two. I would use Lundqvist. Yeah. I was going to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to, you'd have to, if look, if Shesterkin doesn't look good in a couple of games or a game and a half, you're putting Lundqvist in. Like, you're going to use him. There's no way – there's no reason to not use him where Georgiev has no playoff experience whatsoever. Yeah. Um, what about the, this other matchup between Florida trying to play their way in and they get the Islanders? Do, All do, depends do, on Bob. Yeah, who has not been good this year. Awful. I mean, 58th in goal saved above average or above expectation this year in the NHL. And he's getting paid, what, $10 million? Yeah. Um, horrible year for him. I think that Florida team's flawed, so I don't, I don't know. Who knows what could happen there. Um, but what about Columbus and Montreal? Now, Columbus is going to get a couple players back. Seth oh, Jones. Gonna, they're gonna yeah. Get, yeah, they're going to get some big players back, with Seth Jones included. Uh, you know, Elvis could be a disaster or it could be great. Like, it's going to be one or the other. But with their full team back, I mean, look, Torts was making it happen with Nate Gerby. So I have a feeling Torts will, will, will win this series. That's what I think it will come down to. Well, the people of Toronto, Joe, and you're not far from there in Buffalo, are going to have a meltdown if they lose to Columbus in the play-in and don't even end up as what would officially be considered a playoff team if they don't make the field of 16. Yeah, I, Columbus is, not, is the exact team I would be terrified of. In, yeah, me too. Um, because they were killing it all year without, you know, with countless injuries. 
And you're going to give him two of their, you're going to give him a 30 goal guy at Atkinson and the, you know, arguably one of the best defensemen in the league in Jones back. And, you know, they were getting scoring from guys that had no purpose being in Columbus. You know, right. I, these are guys that were supposed to be leading the way in Cleveland and they were, they were still doing a lot of damage. And I, that to me is that that's a horrible matchup for Toronto. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, you got Matthews, you got Tavares, you got, you know, you got everybody that everybody talks about with Toronto, but man, oh man, Toronto can't D up the goaltending. I mean, you know, Freddie finally gets a, an extended vacation. So maybe that helps him out, but oh, no, thanks. I, that's not the, that's not the series I want. If I'm the Leafs, I want nothing to do with Columbus. Columbus, I think, Columbus is a team I think could go very far in this in this whole thing just because, you know, they, they got that taste of it last year against Tampa. They got Torts, who keeps everybody in line. And I think if there's a team that's going to be able to jump out of this break and be able to get right to it, it's the Jackets. I think that we're, we're all hypocrites, Joe. We're all hypocrites because in the offseason, we were like, Columbus is not even a playoff team. Look at everybody they've lost. And now look at how we're talking about Columbus. Yeah, and I mean – this How, is unique, I mean, though. All of it's due to Torts, though. I mean, he's I the know. guy who keeps it in check. He does. We're all hypocrites when it comes to him because after he got buzzed out of Vancouver, we're like, that's that's the last we're going to see him for a long time. And stupid us. There he yeah. is in Columbus and making it work no matter yeah. who they get. Yeah, he, he's a coach that can get guys ready to play. And uh, he did it last year and in, in, <laughs> facing one of the best teams in the league in a decade plus. And I got that first round, not only a win, but a sweep. And I Western- want to mention, Jason, that somebody in, um, in Canadian government, in the Quebec part of it, said that um, if the Canadians were to win the Stanley Cup, they wouldn't have be able to have a parade in, um, in Montreal this year. And we were like, oh, that's great. They're, they're now talking like the Leafs were talking a couple of years ago. And, they, and they're like sixth in their division. Fantastic. <laughs> um, when you look at that, that – Go ahead, Joe. Oh, that's what killed me with Montreal. Like, they had it with a game in hand on them. Like, they're whoop de doo And they were supposed to – that was that was who Buffalo was going to play when they shut the season down. So, maybe the things would have been a lot closer. That drives me nuts that people are saying, oh, Montreal can run it. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> I mean, why not? Columbus beat Tampa. Everybody's got over. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the Western Conference, do you see any potential upsets here? Uh, I look at a, a team like Arizona, maybe could upset Nashville. Um, I heard you had a fancy graph, Jay, that you could put up on the screen so the viewers at home could see it. Yeah, let me see if I can get it to work while we're actually recording, though. That, that might be a different story, you know what I'm saying? Oh, here we go. All right, and then I just click share, and there's your, there's your graph. Yeah, thank you. So there you go. Um, well, this is actually a little bit older because it's got Vancouver taking on Arizona. Yeah, that's so. the older one that from a week ago. It figures I get a graph to finally work, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> we tried, folks. We did. Yeah. Well, it didn't work, but uh, now I don't know how to get it off. So, <laughs> how do you get? The, oh, there you go. You hit stop up here. Okay. Right. Well-oiled we machine here. Um, but do you see any upsets here? Do you like Arizona as a team that could potentially uh, move on and, and upset a team like Nashville? I look at, like, people talk – I mean, I'm, I'm going to stop beating the Montreal drum here, but why isn't people talked about in that same regard? You know, I know Rene's had a Rene's had a tough year. Saros has been pretty good. Yeah, he was good down the stretch. Yeah, so, I mean, but I, I that's, a, that's a matchup I don't like just for Nashville's purposes because I think Arizona was – Arizona had that Cinderella vibe to them. If they were able to get in, 
that they could do a little bit of damage just because that division was sketchy, um, to say the least. I mean, I don't, you know, Edmonton's at the top, but is anybody really buying on the Oilers? You know, Calgary's up high, and it's like, you're really buying on the Flames? Like, it's a lot of questions with those teams. I mean, Vegas, I think Vegas is the one that really stands out, but um, but I, I think with the Coyotes, it's that that's a great matchup for them, but it's a great matchup for Nashville. You, you can get past that first round and get some confidence going. You got they those teams got a chance to get hot. I'll yeah. tell you what, that'll be the lowest scoring series. Neither team could score. That's the, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, I think Nashville would edge it out, but I think Joe's right. I think Arizona gives them all they could handle. The X factor would be Taylor Hall. Like if Taylor Hall all of a sudden walks into this and it's like, hey, Taylor Hall's back and he's scoring a hat trick a game, then yeah, Nashville's in trouble. But otherwise, I think Nashville would edge this out because yeah. I don't think I don't think Arizona's goaltending is good enough. Um, Winnipeg and Calgary. To me, this is. I mean, this is an eight-nine Winnipeg. That's very. It's a deadly series, man. That's a tough it, one. It it is a tough one. A five-gamer with those two teams. Um, but I would probably favor Winnipeg in this situation simply because of Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, I'm going to go with Hellebuck and Winnipeg too. Winnipeg's defense isn't great, but Hellebuck's GSAA is off the charts this year. And I don't love Calgary's goaltending. I like everything else about Calgary. Their goaltending stinks. Let's just yeah. be honest. Joe? Yeah, Winnipeg's sketchy to me though. That's a team that should be – they should be like a, a cup favorite regardless, right? given the the horses they've got and the, and the players they have. but for whatever reason, it's just, it's bad. Like their special teams are horrible. Um, and that, I mean, that's something that should be dynamite for them. And I, I don't, I don't get, they're a team that I don't understand why they, why they're not further up in the, in the standings. But, uh, but I mean, Hellebuck's the, the game changer. I mean, he's, he's a guy who should be a Vezina winner this year. I mean, he's, he's been that good for them. And um, honestly, it's, it, it's not quite Hoshik level differences with, with how good he's been and how much he's lifted that team where you can talk about him at MVP standards, but I mean, you can make the argument. I think, I think if somebody threw a top five vote to him for an MVP, I could justify that. But, uh, but Calgary's, Calgary's a bad matchup. You get Kachuk going, uh, Gaudreau gets his stuff figured out. I mean, that's, that, those are some guys that could really make it happen. But, uh, but Russ is right. The goaltending for Calgary is a huge problem for them. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, you know, it, it, you can make this argument for everything where you can just say, well, if they get hot, they get hot. But, no, but you know what it is, Joe? I'll tell you what it is about Calgary. Bad goals at bad times for that goaltending. Like, that yeah. could be deflating. That's what I would worry about. That'll kill you in a series. Well, I mean, look look at Winnipeg, too, and what they lost defensively in the offseason. Truba, Tyler Myers, they lose Bufflin. I mean, to be – you can kind of see why they are where they where they are. They're good offensively, but boy, they were playing AHL guys on but the Joe's blue line right. all year. They should have the best power play in the league. Still, they should. Yeah, with what they can throw out there with Line A and Shifley and uh, Blake Wheeler, absolutely. Kyle but, Connor. Yeah, yeah. No, another thirty goal season for Kyle Connor. <laughs> Ehlers, like, just and if if Eil, to me the great story, like, there's great storylines that could happen out of this playoffs. If Ehlers starts pops off in the playoffs. That, there goes all, like, the problems everybody's ever had with him is that, well, right. he only scores in the regular season. But yeah. if that dude lights it up in the playoff, like, forget it. Like, that's – suddenly you don't worry about paying him six, seven million a year the way they are. So it's uh, – but uh, it's too much talent. It's too much talent to fall on its face. Yeah. Um, one of the real big questions, and I asked this to James Van Riemsdyk um, when I spoke to him the other day, 
um, for an episode of Flyers Daily um, about an asterisk next to the cup. Um, a lot of people say with a 2014 playoff field, and maybe there's an argument to be made if one of these teams like Montreal, Chicago, were to win the cup. But, you know, kind of barring that, is there an asterisk next to this cup? My, my answer on this is no, because everybody's in the same situation. It's completely unique circumstances and it's a completely unique playoffs. Now, you may refer to it as the year of the pandemic, the Stanley Cup or the COVID Cup or whatever you want to call it. Um, but to me, there's no asterisk. If there's not an asterisk next to a 48-game regular season cup, then there's no asterisk here for me. I mean, unless they put a physical one in the record books or on the cup, <laughs> yeah. it's not going to be looked at that way because, again, yeah, the legal never do that. I go back, yeah, I go back to the Devils. Everybody's like, oh, look, it's a lockout cup or whatever. I've not heard one person say that in 20 years. So I don't think people will say it now. Yeah. No. It's, it, you mentioned the Devils, and that, that one kills me because everybody cites, you know, you know, the Red Wings were supposed to run all over them. Right. It, I know because oh they were the best team in the league. Well, okay, but it was forty-eight games. You know, but you know, anybody <laughs> if they if they get cold in the middle of the season in an eighty-two game schedule, like, are you gonna are you gonna hold it over their head and say, well, mm, all right, well, too bad? It, no, this it count like count it. There's no asterisk. It's not because you know somebody was if you know these teams were juicing or anything like that. None of that stuff was going on. Even you know in other sports that wasn't that wasn't the case so i mean this case no they played 60 70 games they're gonna play a they're gonna play a, a reasonably full playoff out of this no count it no asterisk you know yeah. you know what it's gonna be like joe this will be like in 1981 for baseball when there was a first half winner and a second half winner i could see that i could see the team who was the best in the in, before the, the pandemic hit like the bruins not winning the cup and, and then all of a sudden we look at it like that's the way it breaks down and to me, that's what it reminds me of, that. that the thing is, though, is that so many times the best regular season team in the NHL does not win the Cup. <laughs> you know that's what I mean? Uh, that's that's part of the, the allure of the NHL playoffs. The other thing, I mean, if you want to look for an asterisk next to a championship, look no further than Major League Baseball a couple of years ago when the Houston Astros were banging the hell out of a drum and wearing yeah. you know, beepers on their body or whatever the heck was going on. To me, that's a championship with an asterisk because one team cheated. You used to – you know, had an advantage over their opposition, despite what the Astros GM or president or whoever that was said, well, we don't think it really helped us. You know, yeah, why'd you do it? But the New York Giants didn't get the asterisk after they admitted on their deathbed that they cheated with a telescope in the World Series. Nobody gave them an asterisk. Yeah, I mean, history, you know, maybe we'll give that to the Houston Astros, but it won't, I don't think that it will apply here. Plus the other thing, and, and when I talked to James, one of the things that he mentioned was that they wanted to make sure it had integrity. And I think the fact that they're doing a five-game play-in round adds integrity. And the fact that, and this was reported as well, that all the rounds of the playoffs, once they get to the 16, will all be best of seven. Now, we said even, hey, if you do best of five in the first and second round and best of seven in conference final and Stanley Cup final, to me, it still has integrity. But if you're going best of seven for all rounds, then to me, that, that has integrity. That, that's worthy wow. of the cup. I think they should stay away from the word integrity for this playoff run. I do. Unique. I don't think, I don't think they should even say it in, in the press conference when they have it. I don't think you should use the word integrity because I think you could find a lot of things and say, eh, the integrity maybe, you know, it's like when you have a house and you say the integrity of that wall doesn't look like it's going to hold up. I'm going to have to put up a new drywall. I think you're familiar with that, Jay. I think, um, I think that's what's going to happen with, with these playoffs. I think they're going to be fun, but I think, 
the, the problem is inevitably going to be it's not a war of attrition for these playoffs. There is no attrition. Everybody comes back completely healthy. If the playoffs had continued the way it was going, some of these teams, like the depleted Columbus Blue Jackets and whatever, they would have run out of gas. Nobody's in danger of running out of gas here. So that's where I, I can't say, yeah, there's a lot of integrity because right now there's no war of attrition going on. Everybody's starting out on equal ground where you know in a regular season for the NHL, you're not starting out on equal ground for the playoffs ever. Yeah, look at a team like Colorado. They were completely banged up. Yeah. You start throwing integrity around. I mean, <laughs> that's a bad word to use because the rule book changes in the playoffs every every. Right. Week. I mean, the, 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 the rule book changes in the second half of a regular season. So stay away from the integrity stuff. It's no, but, it, but yeah, if you go best of five first round, best of seven the rest of the way, did anybody knock the NBA when that was how they did their playoffs for so long? I mean, geez, no, nobody, nobody cared about that. When Denver buzzed Seattle out of the playoffs, the one year with Matumbo hugging the ball. I mean, yeah, nobody thought that that was unfair. That was like, no, that was a three, that was a three game sweep ass kicking. So yeah. No, Listen, just, we would watch dodgeball. I mean, John Oliver pointed out on his show last week, if people are watching marbles, yeah. like people are going to watch this. So it doesn't matter. Not just marbles. Marble racing, come on! Like, yeah. all right, Joe. I'm sorry. Are you, are you no. a big fan? No, no. Can you no, wager on it? Thought I was like, wait, people are gambling on this. I was like, you know what the problem is? Joe hasn't found his Yankees of Marble franchise yet. If there was, he would root for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you um, know, being a big Detroit Lions fan and all, I'm a huge front runner. So, great. It's well, you're great. a glutton for punishment. <laughs> oh. Baby, let me tell you about it. No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> um, I, uh, hey, uh, Sam Carcitti had wrote a piece the other day that this 2014 team field is kind of uh, I don't I don't even know the word he used, but um, it wasn't a good word. I know that. Yeah, it was kind of like mocking it, and he said, yeah. "But the NHL better not use it going forward." Um, and I and I read that article, and I said, "Why did this?" And I like Sam, but why did you even write this? Because they're not going to do this going no. forward. There's no threat. It, the, the league has made it very clear that this is a unique situation. They're trying to and look, they, they've been transparent in the fact that they're doing it to try and recapture as much revenue as they can and involve a, an original six city like Montreal and Chicago because they can't put butts in seats. Um, so I thought that was a little ill-fated of an article to write. Yeah, I mean, they're just trying to make the best of a bad situation. Like mm -hmm. if I got hand-me-down clothes for my brother and my mother's like, you know, I'm going to hem these. Don't worry. Nobody will even know. And of course they're going to know. I mean, this, you know, what are you going to do in this situation? The NHL is trying to make the best of a bad situation. They're not going to use this as a model going forward. I think, I think Sam was just looking for an article that day. <laughs> he had to post content. Hey, hey Joe, what are you hearing as far as timeline? Um, you know, it, it, does this start in mid July and then end up uh, finishing up somewhere around late September? I think that, well, they need, the, the, the thing that seems to be the, the running consensus is that they need a three-week camp to get things started. So even if they get this thing agreed upon, you know, in a week or two, uh, go three weeks from there and that's when you can start up. So I think you're reasonably looking at maybe late June to start it up. But then I think you could slap a, a normal playoff schedule for how that works. I mean, you're going to have, what, one or, you know, two, maybe four pod cities. I think you probably have to do you're looking at two at the most, which means, hey, you can rotate games. If you do two games a day, 
every pod, you could have a normal looking sort of playoff schedule because then you're looking at what four games every day out of the two out of the two cities. I mean, if, right. you, if I'm in. Now, if you're doing Vegas, or you're doing Vegas and Edmonton, or if you're doing if you're doing four cities, then hey, you can crank out as many games as you want. I mean, you could you could buzz through this, but I know they don't want to do that. They want to maximize TV time. They want to maximize eyeball and prime Listen, time. They start a playoff before baseball can get underway, or you know, if if you know, if you're talking about before football camps can start, you know, if if they can start. If you've got the attention of everybody, you've got a hostile. You, have, you honestly have a hostile audience. Own it. You're gonna you're gonna have such crazy good ratings, especially if you if you can beat the NBA to the punch. Man, go go wild with it. Go. I mean, go NASCAR got two point two million viewers. They're gonna get more than that. Oh yeah. You know NASCAR's been down the last what ten years or so. Yeah. So I mean, mm-hmm. you can call it the NHL niche, but if you but everybody, literally everybody on the face of the planet loves playoff hockey right and you come out of the gates right away with with playoffs best of fives hell yeah no you're gonna have you're gonna have everybody going nuts to watch this so i mean they'll 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 get the ratings they're looking for i mean nbc's got to be salivating about well here's the only thing though so there's a yin and yang of this so i'm with joe i think it should start as soon as possible to take advantage of the slowly opening cities and people still having to be at home but i hear nbc wants to fill the canceled olympic slot well they and, would if they started in july yeah but not to the not to the degree i guess they'd want it to man it's like you know ufc's going every other day now getting ratings they've never gotten before views they've never gotten before so i just think it's like the early bird gets the worm i really do think it's that way for viewers right now yeah well yeah. the other the other like, thing too with no fans and and i still have two or three more cliches i could throw out in this broadcast i just want to let people know that <laughs> well the the it's my understanding too and from some reporting and and from talking to some people too that between whenever the cup is handed out and the next season will start they're going to need roughly anywhere between 45 and 55 days so say 50 days so if this were to wrap up at the third week of september you're then looking at about the first week of i guess november or mid-november for the next season to start um, and I think the NHL is fine with that because that's a better chance to maybe have fans in the stands at that point than it is if they were to start even earlier. Well, the only thing I'll say, and then I'll pass it to Joe, what if they aren't going to be able to have fans in November and they're still worried about that December relapse, but they say, you know what, if the relapse isn't much, you could have fans in January. I think they would wait till January. That's just me. I don't know what Joe thinks. Yeah. I, I think they, the, the ticket revenue part of it is so huge. I mean, if you, if you, if you have teams traveling, by November and you can have games in cities and that's, I mean, that's fine. But, um, but even if you're talking about having 2,500 people in an arena like that, I mean, that's going to look, it's going to look horrible on TV first oh, yeah. off. Um, but I mean, I, I think that's something where, you know, it, it's a necessary evil at that point where you just have, you just have to kind of suck it up and deal with it until everything is good. Um, but I, I think if you're going to have an 82 schedule, you can start by November that's pretty good because that makes up for the breaks that you would have for the buy you know the, the you know the bye weeks and the all-star breaks like that's about 15 days worth of off time if you can if you can get back into the swing of things of having a normal schedule by November I don't think you have to worry about really breaking the players backs to, to make that work and that's considering 
you know, the AHL, you know, you have to consider the AHL. I mean, at that point, you know, if the AHL can't have, if you can't, if you can start games and not have fans in the AHL, the AHL doesn't want to do that. Right. Because yeah. that they is, a, that is yeah. they cannot do that. So at that point, you're talking about NHL rosters, maybe having to be 30 players deep. Whew. I think, you know, at that, you know, just to have guys at the ready so you can have them practicing and, and being able to do that. I mean, it's not ideal, but, you know, honestly, if if the AHL doesn't want to start, if they can't have fans, then I think that's that's the way you start things off. But um, but yeah, I mean, not not having fans is a huge worry. But but I think as far as not killing the players by having such a tight schedule, if you're trying to get things back into a normal flow, November would I think November would be an would be like a godsend. But I think January if January means being able to fill the buildings. Then I think. I think then, yeah, then maybe the NHL can bump the brakes because you can still do a free agency. You can still do a draft. You can do all those things that you want to do. Here's the big question. Maybe Jason knows the answer to this, but I know some organizations build for the playoffs and for their season ticket holders for the next year before the pandemic hit. Others held back. I think the Leafs held back and a few held back. Would anybody raise that number now? For oh. next year, better not. If they held back, if they're a team that held back, would they dare raise the the number that somebody paid the year before for the three quarters of a season they got? Would they go up three percent? Like that's what I wonder. Well, th- there's going to be people that aren't going to go to games right away anyway because they're scared without a, without a vaccine. So you got to think that that's going to put the demand isn't going to be quite as high. I wouldn't think as as it's been in, in years past. So. I can't see that happening. Joe? I just don't think it makes any sense. Sorry, just had to mute my uh, mute myself there with the oh, alarm okay. going by. So, what do you um, think? Uh, no, I, I I I can't see teams being ready to go along with that. That's I think, I think that's too tone that's deaf. Too yeah, and it's it's yeah, it's honestly tone deaf too. So that that no, I I think that's that's something where it's like a non-starter. Yeah, I would agree. I hope that that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it all breaks down and uh, what happens over the next couple of days. Maybe, uh, I don't know if the announcement comes this week. I tend to doubt it because I think they want to announce almost everything at the same time with the draft and the plan for uh, when the league year would end and all of that stuff. So I, I think we're likely to see maybe announcement more likely next Tuesday or Wednesday. Plus you don't want to bury it on a Friday going into a holiday weekend in, in the United no, States. No, it's Memorial Day weekend. No one will be, no one will pay attention. Nobody's going to pay attention to it starting Thursday. So you do have to do it by Wednesday of next week or Memorial Day weekend's taken over. Like this is, you know, good luck. Yeah. Well, Memorial Day is this weekend, Ross. I thought it was next weekend with everybody having the holiday. No. I don't even know what day it is. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's still, it's, I think it's March 78th now. Okay. <laughs> that sounds right. That, that seems accurate to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, then we'll see what happens. Hey, Joe, I appreciate you joining us here on the Stick to Hockey podcast. It was great to have you. Check out your stuff on The Athletic. Uh, I'm an Athletic subscriber, so I certainly uh, uh, read your stuff there as well and uh, follow them on Twitter at Joe Yurden. We appreciate it, man. Oh, uh, thanks for having me. And it was, uh, it was nice, nice to give me an opportunity to get out in the sunshine to do a podcast for once. <laughs> <laughs> well, Russell, you look like you're in a dungeon. I, I'm, in, no, I'm in the corner of my living room, so it's like a dungeon. Okay. <laughs> Well, at least you shut the blinds this time, so you don't have that backlight. Well, there's a whole lighting thing. If I shut, if I shut it, sometimes the lighting's better. Sometimes, if I go with the natural light, it's better. It's hard to say. I'm not an expert at this. 
All right. Well, none of us are. Hey, that's episode number 79 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week with episode 80. Can you believe it? Episode 80 next week. And hopefully, hopefully, we have the league announcement of a plan and we get a day closer to the NHL returning. Shout out to Adam Silver. Yes. Thank you, Adam. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Stay healthy, and we'll talk to you next time with the Stick to Hockey podcast.